0: welcome everybody to podcast number 30 presented to you by five pin universe i'm your host Kerry kreitz i have the wiseman twins with me adam weber and special guest eric chose 2019 regina classic champion and runner-up at the 2019 heritage traditional champion and most recently gallagher cup champion with all four guests it's yeah kind of, uh, team JJ
1: brains team J brains.
0: <laughs> so if you guys haven't checked it out yet it's on YouTube on Facebook on the deep WCBT pages um, team innovator was defeated by jB rains. I'm sorry I'm
1: sorry you uh you mispronounced demolished
0: <laughs> <laughs> the final score I do believe was 10 three I did get two of those three points I'm just saying um, this is a team game team game team game. I, I, did, I did lose two of my team points <laughs> uh, how did you guys think it went
1: I think it was great I think it was awesome it was fun to do um, it was definitely unique it was different than I expected it to be because when I read through all of it I kind of expected like the doubles matches to be running at the same sort of time thing I didn't really expect everybody or like have like you know two teams two doubles teams going at once and like the rest of the team sitting behind them um that was actually pretty cool I think for some of the older people the sitting around for a while was uh you know probably probably not easy but you know what don't get old
2: (laughs) 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 I uh I really enjoyed it it was pretty cool it was nice to play with people we don't normally get to play uh we don't play with Sean Langlois or Matt Harms a lot so that was kind of neat uh uh, no, no. Honestly, I don't think nobody was really nervous yet, except for Eric. I mean, besides his three deuces. But um,
3: one of yeah. our matches in them.
2: I know. You, well, you should talk to Captain about that. J- uh, JB wasn't very happy with it. So no
1: JB. <laughs> J- <laughs> JB was quite happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, when you threw the third one, he knew that that match was locked up. <laughs> uh, it it was
2: uh, it was probably after like. Halfway through, like the first round of the first game, people start getting into a little bit. It was n- nice watching everybody and cheering each other on. Um, the only thing I said, like when we were already up se- seven, seven one, or we were up seven two, and I faced Kerry, it was already over. Like there's no point in me even trying. You know, it just gives a couple points to those guys. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> But then there's pride too. I mean, like there was totally the, there was pride. There, was, there yeah. was the trios match that were going on, and it came down to it was a pinfall match. And, uh, you know, Team Innovator has, what, 13, 14 strikes in a row? Yeah. And, you know, Team Jay Brains comes back and wins it by two. So, I mean, there's a little yeah, bit of pride there.
3: Back up. Yeah. yeah.
2: That, that was the one thing. If you ever watched that, I've never seen it. Had it. A head pin that uh, Lonnie had kicked back and knocked down the three pin but stood up the head
1: pin again. Now, now, I went back and watched it.
0: Apparently it changed, yeah. No, and, the, the video is just too grainy. We were all yeah. there. We all seen the actual pin. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm sure
1: it's an optical. Like, it doesn't look like it in a video, but, like, we all witnessed it. I mean, look, look at look Lonnie's reaction. He knew right away, <laughs> Yeah. right? Uh, it's just kind of an optical illusion because there was such a quick flip of the pins, but uh, yeah. amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah Super. That, cool. that, that cost that match, right? It yeah. did. Yeah, that's great. But it also
1: gave him an opportunity to spare it. So it could have yeah. won him the match too.
0: Yeah, We're not all from Northern Alberta. We can't spare three pins like that.
3: For, <laughs> that. Uh, for me, I honestly, that was the most fun I've had in a tournament, bowling that Gallagher Cup. Um, getting out there with all everyone that was on both sides even, it was the most fun I've had easily in a tournament setting like that. I've obviously never got to bowl with Tim on a team. Never bowled with Adam, really. Uh, most of that team I've never bowled with. I've obviously bowled with Dexter at Nationals for Masters. But uh, getting out there, just a fun event with that many people all close together, it was honestly, it made that Friday just so special.
0: Yeah, It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, definitely have, a ton of fun. Yeah. Having legends there. Co- well, not really coaching you, captaining the team, setting up the matches, and then um on our team having a chance to play with Tracy Smith which i'm sure not very many of us ever had a chance for that that was unreal playing with a, a legend in our sport especially in alberta um pretty intense uh, she seemed like she had a lot of fun she was she was jacked up for a few matches so it was it was um, very interesting i'm i I'm, in, I'm super glad it ran really smooth
1: mm-hmm. just yeah. my only yeah. suggestion for next year is that if once the teams are picked, get like a group weigh-in and figure out which team <laughs> weighs the most and then give them the dark shirts. <laughs> so
3: about three
2: podcasts ago, Carrie asked me how he felt about the, the Gallagher Cup. And I said, the only thing I'm worried about is my shirt. And lo and behold, my, uh, my shirt was way too tight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if Kerry had yeah. anything to do with it. Maybe a little bit of sabotage, but I. Uh, no. It doesn't matter. Well, did,
0: like, well, it didn't I, work. I squeaked it out. <laughs> it worked. It worked on Tim.
4: <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's why I brought up the whole ball situation two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
2: that—that's another thing. I weighed my balls. I don't know how many other people did, but I mean, you know, I just, I'm just—I'm just saying.
4: I'm just saying. I. But well you, well you put up such a big stink about it. <laughs> then then it really the value really wasn't there anyway. So well, I found out I found out my Manhattans are
2: actually five three six. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't know they were that size. So yeah. I just well
4: grew. the one thing I definitely want to say is you know, I wanted to thank both sets of coaches yes. just for proving me right on exactly which set of twins were better. Or which set of brothers were better. <laughs> yeah. So because they absolutely crushed you, boys.
1: Uh, I couldn't hit the side. What am I? I pu- punch four straight times, and it's 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 scotch Devils. That that match is a disaster. That
2: was, was brutal. He <laughs> gave me nothing. Like it was
1: just. You're right. I gave you absolutely nothing. <laughs> and then, but the piss off is the game before. You know, we're coming up to the very first game, and I bury two shots at ten, which I I thought were absolute money shots, and they were both corners for us to lose. It is what it is. What it is. Bowling is a funny game.
4: We still like to- yeah. team sport, guys. Team sport, absolutely. <laughs> I had, had a chance to to listen to a little bit of the replay today. And, uh, the uh, the commentary was really good as well. Like Shelby and, and Rob were really good, yeah. um, really good banter back and forth, and and obviously so some good technical you know discussion there as well. Um, I, I know going into that that first match, uh, there was a little bit of nerves because you definitely want. To, to come out and, and you know put your best out there for your team and doing all that stuff and uh it, it, everybody came out and it, it, it was like really really relaxed I, I was actually shocked how relaxed everybody was uh until about the seventh or eighth frame and then everybody started kind of tightening up and hey we're, we're actually in a match here right so mm-hmm. uh for first match came down right to the end which was a lot of fun and um, second match, uh, it
0: pretty much came down to the same idea, right? 10th, so, right, yeah, yeah,
4: and for, then you know, ha- having a two two after the first four was absolutely perfect for for the format, and exactly, I think, what everybody wanted, yeah. And uh, th- thinking is you know, it's maybe you know, and you know, eight five, seven six, something like that, yeah. Uh, then, then we just kind of ran away,
2: yeah. But in all fairness, there's only two matches the last one, and in, in the doubles match, with me mean, Dex, and then we got. It was out of hand. Otherwise, the last Baker's one and the one Mean dexter were in. Otherwise, everything could have been a coin flip either way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was quite a few matches. Well, you guys closed out a couple matches against us, right? That's, yeah. I, and I think it had a little bit to do with inexperience. Like, our team was a little bit younger and stuff like that. So, you, you could definitely see there was some some nerves coming in there and all of a sudden, guys were pressing a little bit. Hmm. But,
2: the, the one I thought was really interesting, it was the three-way, the three, the three, the three men or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, it was like Lonnie paid the last four frames. Like, like we were alternating or had like, doubles up. Yeah. And then you could see the captain was like, well, Lonnie's playing the last four, right? So if he got on a tear, it was a lot easier to keep on going on a tear that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He just didn't have the, the front part of the game built up for him to enable to do that, right? Yeah. The game was pretty yeah. much a runaway by that time.
4: Uh, live and die by that that theory, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. Tracy could have came out
4: and you know threw a triple, and and all of a sudden they're off to the races, and especially in a Scotch uh, doubles format. It, the other teams just kind of seeing the triple up there, and you know getting a little bit tight, and they're just running because they're actually running frame by frame. Uh, they, they yeah, could could have worked out really well for them as well.
0: Yeah, could have went either way, and it uh, didn't pan out this time. So maybe next yep. time.
3: Maybe next time. <laughs>
4: I, I like great
1: great event. Uh, some of the matches we had a little bit of strategy. I, I don't know if it's like, you know, bad sportsmanship or not, but you know what? we're we're getting in you know, on a bit of a run and it's like, you know, pinfall and uh it's bakers. We're not moving swapping lanes or whatever. We're throwing strikes, we're gonna keep going. Put the pressure on, right? I like that. It's strategy.
0: Yeah. It was more of a fun event though, right? I there was It's a more little... fun when you win. Yeah, but there was a little <laughs> a little bit of Little bit of, I don't know, some people weren't too happy with that. But like you said, it is strategy and you guys wanted to win. So that's the way, if you got to do it, you got to do it.
1: We were never too far ahead, though. We, like, at Max, I think we we're a frame or two ahead.
0: Yeah. It wasn't like we ran yeah. six frames on here or something like that. No, no, for sure. Yeah.
1: Uh,
4: Carrie, I was going to ask you. So our, our doubles match, uh, it was uh, me and Gary versus you and Vic. Yeah. Uh, I think I was just finishing up the ninth frame, I think at a right corner and you jumped up right away. And I'm assuming probably that strategy side to go try to throw that strike, put even more pressure on. Yeah. Type type thing.
0: That was uh, because it happened in the sixth frame. I think Vic was, uh, I'm not sure what happened. I was still bowling the frame. Gary went up and threw a couple. So then I kind of thought of using the same strategy later in the game. Yeah. And obviously I went up there and I plowed anyways, but. Um, yeah. Same thought process, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You throw that strike all of a sudden there's a little bit more jitters on, on my corner spare yeah. uh, in a really tight match. Uh, you don't get the strike and all of a sudden now it's a little bit easier to pick yeah. that corner. Right. So yeah. again, live, live and die by the strategy. And I, yeah, yeah I was exactly. watching it again today. And for first thing I thought of, yeah, I would probably jumped up there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, I know <laughs> Shelby and Bob Gallagher thought otherwise, they, they, they didn't think it was a good strategy, but of course I was after you through the head. So yeah, if
0: I, if, <laughs> if I throw the strike, then they, then they applaud it. Right. Yeah, and and exactly. also
2: if you listen to the whole thing, Rob's like, Oh, I should have had my, should have read my cards. Oh, I should have read my cards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not bad for first time commentary though.
2: No, very good. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. The the cup is a little sticky, so we had to clean it when I have a chance. Works, so <laughs> threw some fireball in Ce- it. So celebrated,
0: <laughs> celebrated with the cup the way you're supposed to.
2: But exactly. exactly. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, that's good. So if it once again, if anybody wants to watch that, it is on YouTube page of the Western Canadian Bowling Tour, or also on their Facebook page.
1: Were there any changes you wanted to secure?
0: Uh, I think next year we're talking um, it, obviously nothing's final yet, um, but we're thinking maybe doing 10, ga- 10 singles matches for the last round instead. So even if it, it's a runaway for the first 10 matches or whatever it is, the last 10 can still decide it, right? You never know. Um, the only problem with that is logistically for live streaming, it makes it pretty pretty impossible right because you don't want 10 straight singles matches on the same set of lanes that would take forever yeah but if you could um start one match on lane like let's say it's at lanes one and two three frames in you start the next match on three and four and then the live stream can catch the final three frames of each match moving over that may be the best way and then your commentary can commentate on the last part of each game
1: or you can do like two sets so you're doing like you know 11 and 12 13 14 or something like that and then yeah. have uh, a kind of kind of run five matches on each set.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just hard. Um if you're splitting four lanes on a live stream, you can't with our current system, the WCBT, we can't put scoring for all four lanes on the same live stream. We don't have that technology yet to, or the uh, the infrastructure to do something like that. Yeah, for so the easiest way is to focus on one set at a time. That way we can see the scores, we can see the bowlers, and then we maybe just move it down the line as the matches go on or something like that. But we got a whole year to figure it out, and we don't know where we're gonna be at yet. Um, could be at Heritage Lanes or one of the other host centers. But till that's decided, um, we have a year to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Any other formats? That they were thinking, maybe tweaking? Well, I think um, the trios just took too long. I think that will be going bye-bye. Um, so we'll try and think up some more formats. No no-taps no, no taps or anything like that. We want to keep the straight pinfall, the proper scoring. Yep. But maybe different ways to accomplish that scoring might be a better way. But I
3: don't know. I'd, I'd like to see that uh, golf game that was brought up trying have the low score.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, it, and it might be the right place to try it out, right?
3: Yeah,
0: M- you Mike look, Green you would love that. Yeah, yeah. You look at this Gallagher Cup; it'd be a prime example to try different formats, and then if it works out, maybe that gets moved to a Friday night event at one of these tournaments or something. If they like it, or it's a prime example to use all, um, like a trial version for everything. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, because I remember trying it once. Um, I don't know if you were there uh, in Western Lanes, Carry, with the Survivor Tournament they did. Okay. I remember one of the last uh, years they did it, they had that golf game up for everyone to try in one of the rounds. And that was was incredibly tough to do, especially when you're trying to keep that low score. Suddenly, first of all, you miss the two pin on, well, you got a strike now. It's like, well, that's not good. So so the perfect game is 70?
0: No, I think that uh, Eric's talking something different. So how does that how uh, does that work?
3: So you're yeah. First ball, you'd be hitting two pin. Second ball, you'd be trying to hit the two the other two pin. Third ball, two. you'd be trying to hit the three pin. So. Yeah, I think the rules they had is if first ball, you threw the gutter, you get a strike. Yeah. Second ball, if you hit uh, if you hit the pin on your first ball, you either threw the gutter and missed altogether on your second ball, that's a spare. Hmm. Third ball, if you missed again, would be a cleanup.
0: Yeah. See, at the golf game, I was thinking it would be the least amount of balls to complete a game.
3: So that would be that would be a fun one too. Yeah.
0: So if there's still a pin, like say you throw your first ball to head pin, you have to clean everything up. It doesn't matter if it takes you seven balls, eight balls, whatever. That would be your score for that frame. So if it took you, if you threw a strike, it would be a score of one. If you threw a spare, it'd be a score of two. If you had a head pin and it took you five balls to clean up, it would be a score of five.
3: Yeah, that'd be a good one to run too. Almost like nine pin scoring.
0: Yeah, kind of the same idea, but it it would be unlimited balls till you knock all the pins down. So it'd really suck if you <laughs> like <to laughs> a two pin or something. But.
4: Well, and, and it would be more of uh, like a traditional way of throwing as well, right? You're still trying to throw that strike and then clean up after that.
0: Yeah, the object is still to get the best score possible, but using a different scoring system to count it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I like the idea, so. Keep them coming. Listeners, send in send in ideas if you think you want to see something else <laughs> in the Gallagher Cup. Keep in mind that the idea is to be the best player, not party games like bingo bowling and stuff like that. We're trying to avoid that. We want to showcase the best players at yep. what they're doing, not not trick shots. Maybe that'll become yeah, a different I- event.
2: <laughs> yeah. Perfect. All right, so uh, I guess I guess we can talk a little bit, maybe about um, the Regina Classic a little bit, because now we got these two characters on here. We got the Weber oh, and Shows. Here so, we here we go. Uh-oh. I know eh? <laughs> <laughs> the the whole sniper thing. We can put this to rest. All right. <laughs> Eric did not try to get in your line there, Adam, okay? <laughs>
3: not not at all. I feel like
2: Judge Judy right now, okay? so uh,
3: just... I, I'm
1: already aware of this. <laughs> I personally think it's great strategy.
3: We're talking about strategy. <laughs> it, it definitely worked. Oh, it did.
4: <laughs>
3: You're not mo- saying mo- I wouldn't mo- do it mo- again. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guaranteed. Gu-
4: Guaranteed. No, I, I, everybody knew that uh, there, there's nothing, you know, at, at least intentional about any of that. So, uh, and who knows if that's what it was? I, I could have on my toe. There, there's a whole bunch of potentials, right? But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Co- coincidentally, I had zero issues with those approaches until that moment. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I, I know for a fact that that Eric would have never done anything like that on purpose. No. that's not his his it's not it's not eric so no. it's just a, a unfortunate situation and whether he had any part of it either way it's, it's irrelevant right so it's, it's the, over
0: yeah if the listeners don't know what we're talking about so regina classic last year eric chose was playing adam weber in the semi-finals on the a-side yeah on lanes five and six. Five six. yeah um getting up to the 9th 10th frame eric threw a couple of huge shots end up crossing to adam's lane a little bit fist pumping him. it was pretty pretty intense um adam goes up there i think you threw the first shot adam then you threw we're throwing for the second no. shot no he no I, it was a and first i shot. still and i still found a way to plow on it yeah <laughs> yeah he was throwing his first shot and ended up sticking and falling down that's why we call it the Regina sniper because it happens more than once at every regina classic <laughs> and uh yeah Adam ended up punching losing the match to Eric and Eric goes on to win the whole thing in the after that. But um yeah, like it, Regina's approach is you never know, right? Um there's plenty of times people are sticking all over the place and yeah, the the coincidence of it right after that specific time, it there could be a definite correlation, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't related at all. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
2: Yeah, Adam's shoes are in the garbage, so maybe that just tells you
4: where at. <laughs> they, they, they are there now. <laughs> I, I'm, I ended up uh, literally after I got back that Monday, I ordered a new pair of shoes, so ju- just in case, hmm. right? So yeah. it's, uh, I, yeah, real unfortunate, you know, timing of it all. But uh, they, there's there's so many issues with those approaches. Like there's no break really in between. Uh, you're you're walking all back there. People are basically drunk at that point you know your final four of a tournament and you know who knows what anybody's stepping in i i definitely know there was nothing on uh on my slider after the fact for sure as that's obviously the first thing i I looked at and all that but uh it could could be very easily you know just get over over the shot just a little bit and you know there there you go so
0: that's what a lot of people don't realize all the outside factors too um yeah there may be only four players left but there's 80 60 people behind you all drinking all partying whooping and hollering and there's de- <laughs> there's debris everywhere and it just takes a little bit to step in and back up on the lane and you fall flat yeah. on your face it,
2: it reminds me a little bit of a poor man's uh dart match at the o2 arena there <laughs> have you ever ever watched out there people <laughs> are it, yeah. or they're on their tables people are getting kicked out and, yeah that's exactly what's going on just, you don't see it behind the camera <laughs> yeah Except no hot chicks. That's the hard part. <laughs> no, could, no ring girls. Your, uh,
1: you could wear your gallery cop to there, Tim, maybe.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, JBS sponsored me a man bra, probably too. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty cold in there on Friday.
4: <laughs> but uh, but I guess with that whole scenario, like you know, you know obviously with Eric on here, like I. I have no ill will against you on any of that stuff. I, I know you would never do anything like that on purpose. Unfortunate uh, timing. Just, you know, I dealt with it. Just way most people would, right? So just move on. So.
0: Oh huh. but, yeah, uh, Adam, I, I, Adam I, I know you would Adam just has to wait a little bit to win another tournament. Oh darn. <laughs> Unfortunate.
3: <laughs> yeah. because yeah, I know. remember that match. Because the what the first game and a half. I was standing up there right with you, picking up your towel, and then I, you throw this six ninety double at me out of the gun. I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> you just stop being nice to him. <laughs>
4: yeah, I never never quite understood that either. But uh, I-, I thought I knew you were just sitting there, just to sit there, right? you usually do. But ha- handing me the towel is just kind of odd. But
3: I- <laughs> no, yeah, like the yeah. previous game against, well, uh, once again, sorry, Joel. Uh, <laughs> when I threw- shot the thousand thirty nine <laughs> at him, I was doing the same thing. I was. Sitting up at the chair closest to the lanes, cheering him on the entire way, as we yeah. all do. But yeah, I just—you guys are all friends out there on the lanes. Whereas, like, where if I can pick that towel up for for Adam, I may as well just do it if I'm there. So.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, I I appreciate that. Take
1: a hint, man. He's trying to speed you up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> did
1: did. It. It your up. towel. <laughs> Throw your towel. <damn> <laughs>
3: it's a long ways down for him to fall if he does fall.
4: Okay. Hey, trust me i know i was i was in the back lounge and
1: i heard this thud and i I thought <laughs> i thought somebody fell through the ceiling or something i don't know <laughs> turns out it was just weber <laughs> did half half a push-up that day <laughs> i think tenacious d sang a song about that
4: <laughs> anyways yes. well you know what that that segues into kind of a topic i've wanted to, to talk about for a little while anyways is um, how to adjust the lane conditions, whether it's, you know, approaches, whether it's um, heat or humidity or, you know, the, the lane conditions themselves. Um, I, I know we even, you know, through the, um, uh, through the Tour Championship uh, this weekend, you know, we're, we're practicing on, on the high set. And the, uh, the approaches were much, much heavier than the set that we we're actually playing on type thing, right? And I, I know it, it caught a few people. It caught myself, you know, first four frames as well. Um, how do you adjust immediately to to a different scenario like that? Like, we, we all know if we wait two frames, we might be, it might be too late, right? So how, how do you, like, pull the trigger and just adjust? I
1: think it's just trust for the most part trust especially with like frost moving the, the from the heavier approaches to the faster approaches you know we get a couple of balls right away um just trust that you can stay in your shot i mean it, the approaches were better on the set that we were playing on uh just know that you were going to get there and that if you just focus on staying in your shot and trust that you can um you know it, it's it's amazing how seasoned we are when we could take like three or four slides and your body just sort of adapts to it um
2: mm-hmm.
1: so trust yeah
2: i i'm okay with any of the like the approach conditions um as long as they're pretty much the same i knew going in from the one side it was going to be heavier than the other side so you already know in your head that that's going to be something different um it'd be different if you know if Five was different than six, and, and then obviously it would have more of a a way to figure out maybe changing my line and stuff like that. But it's a matter of confidence, yeah, for sure. If if you're if you're playing well, and or if, you, if you've been around enough, you know how to drive through maybe a sticky approach or change your adjustment with your heel and slider or or whatnot, right? Um, yeah, just it, it just experience.
0: Yeah, um, obviously taking practice slides, or if you have a little bit of time to practice on that set before the match obviously helps a ton. (laughs) Just going straight into a match with a completely different condition is tough. And obviously I'm going to abstain from talking about this a little bit because people will find out if it was good for me or bad for me when the thing comes out. But um, yeah, it's extremely tough for myself because I rely on my slides so much. Um, usually I'm switching out heels and, and soles like that quite a bit. So um, to go into a match like that or go into a, a completely different set and you're not, not knowing what the condition is going to be, make sure you practice slide at least. Try, yeah. and, try and get that feel early because you don't want to go up there and throw your first ball and it's a completely different reaction.
2: It was funny because the one thing need to talk about your practice slide, like it's very, I don't know, since we played back when we used to play at Bonny-Doo on the wood lanes, right? Uh, I found each each lane was always a little bit different as, as time went on. And something I started a long time ago is if I'm moving sets, I'll take a practice slide first on each of the lanes, like when I'm up, just because you never know what's going to be up there, right? Um, so that's that's always been like one of my routines. So it, it might be a little bit weird, but, or it honestly, it helps me a lot if if you're staying there, if, like the gallery Cup, for example, we, I didn't. I played game four, and obviously, I got, you know, kicked, uh, you know, beat up real bad, and so I had to play like number nine afterwards. So it was a five or six match in between, and uh, so
0: for me to go up and take a couple of practice slides, it kind of gets my legs into it a little bit. I find you even go up and practice slide on the lane you're not playing on, even.
2: Well, <laughs> and, and and that's the thing. Like you think you're playing a singles match, you think that you know the guys would do it like a alternating. Like, you you had the better lane. That's what happened.
0: No, the left lane is not (laughs) the better better lane. lane. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not. You guys won all the matches on the other lane. And most of the other ones, too. To be fair, we (laughs) won everywhere.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Terry, if you looked at it, we lost game two on lane six. We lost game one, uh, game three on on lane five.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. And I lost on lane six. So there we go. That's what I'm saying there's 13 matches
0: yeah so, I mean yeah so there we go sorry what, sorry, what are you saying <laughs> it's, it's, it's even.
4: <laughs> all right well here let, let me kind of throw a, a different kind of scenario so um for maybe the, the the players that are out there that don't have a whole ton of interchangeability um like with their their shoes, maybe they only they're they're kind of stuck on one maybe two heels, or uh, they they don't have like the the, the sawtooth like the sevens nines, and nines. They're just on six eight. Is there any tips or tricks? Um, say you've got a really slow approach, and your or maybe humidity hit the center or something like that. Is is there any tips or tricks that you have for helping or or to slow down? Uh, a bowler as well yeah
0: i got one for fast approaches i usually shorten my first step up quite a bit i'll make it i'll make it half of what my original first step is and it'll just keep me a little bit slower mm-hmm. and yeah. that that seems to help with uh fast approaches heavy approaches i just drive harder i don't <laughs> With, with your S2, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be
3: a good example of that just because I don't sh- change anything on my slider shoe. I have the one heel I use and then I wear that, uh, I believe it's a, what the Masters uh, slipover sock with the slide on the bottom. Uh, I've never switched off that in uh, probably 11 years now I've been using that. Um, for me, uh, you just have to find that tempo where if, if you're sticking a lot, you might want to drive a little harder or even might want to listen, shorten your slide a bit more than what you're used to and maybe get more arm action into it and where if it's a bit more feels like glass out there, uh, I find I have to be very slow with my feet where I have to be cautious up to the line and then drive into it. And if I feel something's wrong, I will try and just get as much slides in as I can get uh, either in practice or, uh, even before each, uh, ball I throw.
2: Mm. I, I, you would never notice any change in my style because, well, you guys don't think I do anything, but <laughs> with a heavier approach, I try to get a little bit lower just because I feel like I can, if, if I, if I do my normal like if I got any, like you say, I was playing heritage this weekend, uh. Obviously, I can maybe drive a little bit faster, drive into the line because you can you can trust the the pace of it, right? But if you're playing on an approach like we're on second day of uh, Masters National in Paris, it was heavier and you know it was super heavy, right? And even your first step was sticking. I, I end up just getting a little bit feel a little bit lower with my knee and so I a little bit more bend so I can at least get a little bit lower instead of uh, instead of trying to do that. Yeah, so that's sort of my thing. I know if you're yeah. talking to like a normal person. Uh, or normal coach up there, they would probably save move up or try to you know try to like you know not have so much of a drive, but each person's a little bit different, right? and you know your game most most often well, than not, and that's what I believe what
3: what
1: you' what you're saying makes sense, Tim, but uh, it, to put it in a different way, when you get lower, you're likely getting higher up on your toes mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're when you're standing more upright, that's gonna put more pressure on your heel, right? so that's that's gonna make it harder to slide. Whereas if you get lower, you'll be a little bit further over top of your toes, so yeah. you'll be able to slide a little bit more. So that makes sense. Uh, me, I I have a hard time adjusting anything with my approaches. This is this is the last the last two years, two two and a half years is really when I first started like changing sliders and heels because I just couldn't do it anymore. I remember going to, but part of the reason why I didn't go to Regina for so long was that I I struggled so hard with the approaches because at that time they were so fast. And for me, I, I really rely on being aggressive with my, with my, uh, my, my push at the end, my, my drive into the shot. Um, and I feel like if I, if I'm sliding forever, that really takes away from it. So, um, the new shoes helped me a lot cause I was using the, the, um, the tour ultras, the old, uh, the new dinaroos, I guess. But I always found that even my right foot, the rubber was on and that was so slippery even on on the synthetics <laughs> that my, my right foot would slip out and so it was it was a real struggle but my the the new the new interchangeables the storms that i have um seem to be pretty good for that um but yeah i mean here i am using an s2 and bonnie and shirt park and i'm still sliding probably five six feet it's yeah but it's good for me because I'm, I'm going to learn,
4: right? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, what about like a foreign substance? Uh, let's say you're sticking. I, I know a lot of, you know, league bowlers will go out there. They'll they'll find some chalk or some, mm-hmm. some powder or something at the lanes. Like, I, I know the, the one thing that, that I've always used, well, I guess basically since I, I was at a national in Winnipeg, and, um, I was coaching a bunch of kids and all of a sudden, uh, humidity hit and, uh, within probably about a two or three minute span, we had eight or nine kids go down over the foul line with like seconds. And I still remember, uh, Rob Shannis, uh, cause it was at his center there, uh, came around to every set and just brought a, a piece of chalk to every mm-hmm. set. Right. And all of a sudden I, I started using chalk on there and it, I, I found chalk to be just a very, a Very smooth slide, yeah. uh, It It's stuck around a little bit longer than you know, like a powder or any of that stuff. Uh, the, some of the powders will gum up, especially the new approaches, uh, which will actually make it stickier once everything hits. But the chalk just seems to be really smooth and, and, mm-hmm. and consistent. Um, so that that'd probably be my my recommendation on you know, a little minor tweaks, right? Or maybe don't have all those interchangeabilities, you know, within the, the shoes and, um. I know for myself at uh, Heritage this week, uh, I, I knew I just needed to, to to slow down just a tad so I could drive in. I, I honestly, I think the drive into the finish of your shot is the, the the most key part of our games, especially with the amount of fingers that we throw on there. Like if we don't have that slide, uh, we're gonna throw a brick every single time, yeah. right? So um, I, I, I did have uh, uh, was like steel brushed. And just to kind of brush it up just a little bit. And uh, that helped me slow down just to, just enough uh, for, for when I needed there. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I know those those would be probably my two in a pinch if you don't have the interchangeability.
2: I yeah. The thing with chalk, if you guys are unaware, chalk is really good because it doesn't, uh, th- there's no abrasiveness to it. So if you are using like baby powder or like that kind of stuff, not uh, from, you, can, you know, You can get the shoe powders through Brunswick and and that's fine. Uh, But uh, rosin bags are terrible. Uh, Even the easy slide a little bit with that and like the baby powder, it actually, there's abrasiveness to it. So it actually, it's it's like sandpaper on your approach. So you're actually hurting the approach and you're actually just making it worse than actually, you know, doing it properly. So chalk is is a great thing. It's cheap. Put in your bag in a ziplock. Uh, maybe not like Jordan shoes, covering his whole shoe. It looked like, honestly, it looked like the Joker out there with, <laughs> with all the white <laughs> shoes all over it. In went a bag for one year, uh, but it, it, it's it's a great it's a great thing. And uh, just make sure you use the proper stuff. There's a lot of uneducated people that don't understand
0: that. So chop is good. Yeah, usually um from what i've seen the guys using chalk it doesn't come off either like it doesn't come off on the approaches and affects other people playing either right so it's definitely a good um good option um you're talking about the wire brush adam so usually i use the wire brush to help slow my slide down but it's the clean up the bottom of the shoe usually you get that dirt that glasses up right that melts or whatever into your into your slider so Mm -hmm. it's nice to get rid of that and it'll help you slow down
4: well, and yeah. honestly, I,
0: th- I think with the the
4: new approaches at Sherwood, like there's just going to be a lot of people going to be asking for solutions, uh, because they're so so quick. <laughs> yeah. So, I, uh, well, that, we, we that, the wire brush is what I've had to use uh, at least the first couple times. Practice there, uh, just, it gets rid of some of that sawdust that, that that's still kind of stuck in there yeah. too, right? So.
2: Well we we have that solution. We've been selling S twos and S fours for <laughs>
0: all <the> summer so <laughs> for all those Therefore, people using those leather heels, you might have to go back to rubber heels for a little bit at Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I'm hoping it breaks in. Honestly it and, will and we had, we had a, all my seniors in there, I was like, Yeah, you better watch out. Like take up a practice like Oh, I'll be fine. I was like, Okay, well
0: yeah.
1: Please please read the warning on our monitor yeah. before you <laughs> <laughs>
4: Bullet own risk all that's, over the center. That's right. <laughs> well, what what about uh, what about the actual lean conditions? Um, like heavy or not heavy? there's like super oiled versus super dry. Little, little things like that. Is there any kind of initial tweaks that people can kind of look to, and then just kind of play around with it after that?
0: So, I guess this might be a little bit too in depth on it. But um, one thing I noticed at Heritage this weekend, my Manhattans or my soft roll, if I was playing a certain line, that line would seem to go away. I would throw it over the same mark and it would be high hit, high hit for strikes. And then all of a sudden that hit would go away. Like the ball would push through and all of a sudden it would start plowing. So I'm not sure. and heritage is notorious for lots of oil so i'm not sure if those manhattans or those soft rolls were picking up the oil
1: or pushing it or pulling the oil down
0: into yeah. the yeah and it was causing the ball to just not break at the end as much and they would just keep sliding out um so i'm not sure i didn't make the change and maybe um i should have during the gallagher cup was uh, moving to a star line something that. Hopefully, wouldn't pick up the oil, or or would pick it up, change the the dynamics of where my line was. I'm not I'm not too sure if that's a a thing. I know it's a big thing in ten pin bowling. If they use reactive urethane, it actually pulls the oil off the lane. If they use urethanes, it uh, pushes the oil down the lane. So I'm not sure if five pin if that's a big issue, but I definitely yeah. seem to notice my line my line changes over the course. So you so,
2: you're going to be like Bill O'Neill, eh? Go into a urethane and win a championship.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, my friend uh, Bill O'Neill. Yeah. He always takes the stairs.
0: <laughs> he does now from now on.
2: But for me, uh, between oily and, uh, and dry, honestly, I probably move more into the middle. Oily, Miles will throw up the guts. It's not going to break. It's not going to grab. Uh, if it's dry, I'm actually hoping it grabs more. Right, because uh, unless I, I, really, I don't, I don't want to. I can break that line if I throw a little bit harder, but I'm not going to want to do that. Like that changes my whole tempo and my whole movement. I would rather play a little bit more outside on the right, um, and then maybe I can have it either. Like if I can finish my shot, either I hit high right and it and it cracks, or I can throw it left and it hits left pocket. You know, and, and it would be fine that way. I, I have a hard time. The big, the biggest thing I find is that. A lot of a lot of bowlers, and if you're a backup, this I I, I this a whole lot. If if the ball's moving a lot, they stay down the middle, and did and they throw it down the middle, and they hit thin right, and it never carries that two pin. You you gotta you gotta give yourself a chance. Uh, like you gotta put it more heavy on the middle. You gotta you gotta give yourself a chance because the reaction, it's physics. You're never gonna carry that corner right. So. Depending on the ball and how it's rolling into the pocket, if it's dry lanes, you got to find that line where it's it's going into it, not not against it or away from it, right? So
1: that's my suggestion. I don't know a lot of it is just no, knowing what your ball is going to do. Uh, yeah. If I start going to like a, a, an oilier house like heritage for me, um, I find that I just I just end up using a bowling ball I know I can hang on to. Um, it, it's so oily. 95% of the time that, you know, I'll use my star lines and I, I know like, you know, even with a towel or whatnot, I get, and i getting oil on my hands or, you know, it starts getting a little warm in there, but like mixed with the oil on the bowling ball, I start losing grip. I, I can't, I can't use them. So um, that, that's why I actually purchased the Manhattans is because, you know, they, they don't seem to grab the bands the same way the soft rolls do, but the, the grip is there. The grip is there all the time, even even in the oilier conditions because you're not gonna get the movement anyways. Um, I don't like the way the soft rolls grab the bands, so I, I try to stay away from those anyways. Um, so the Manhattan's a good option for me on that. Um, I it's it's also yeah, just like I said, just knowing what your ball's gonna do and what all the different bowling balls do. You go to a drier house, you, you tend to use the ball, it's gonna run a little bit straighter. But it's it's weird because, you know, depending on what material the lanes are made of will determine what bowling ball actually runs straighter um we were just in in quebec there and we were on synthetics uh in paris and i was using my manhattans uh or was no i was using my cyclones um but the cyclones are you know uh, about a an 80 on the hardness scale so it, it's relatively soft, soft on the softer side um and i was getting you know a, quite a bit of movement because there was no oil but then i switched i switched to the olympics thinking that you know what it's a it's a harder ball uh i, I believe the olympics are around an 88 which is all like really high on the hardness scale but it's a it's 80 percent urethane it's an 80 percent acrylic ball and a 20 percent rubber ball and the way that the acrylic works on the acrylic is that ball just snapped yes. i was getting way more movement with a harder ball on the on on the synthetics than I than I did with the rubber, so um keep that in mind too. Just you know, use your practice time if you have practice time. A uh, big proponent of you know make ball changes in there. See see what they're gonna do. See how they're gonna react. See how they're reacting with the pins. What's gonna give you more splash? What's gonna give you less splash? What's gonna give you less blow throughs um don't be afraid to try things in your practice use that time don't you just use that time to warm up use that time to fight so that's going to work for you
3: yeah I agree that's what i actually did in regina was uh during my first shift with warm-up i had brought out my comets, which i'd been bowling both leagues and red deer and bonnie dune and i had been throwing really well but as soon as i got to regina practicing throwing them is like it felt like the ball was completely dead out of my hand where it didn't feel like I was getting no action at the end of the lane. So I said, well, this isn't going to be a condition for me to score with these balls. So I put them away last two balls of practice before we start, I brought out my tan and white paramounts threw two strikes with them. And like, well, let's go with these, see how it goes for the shift. And obviously I did well enough to qualify. And then obviously I ran the rest of the tournament with it. But at the same time, um, uh, what was it three years ago with the open in Grand Prairie? Those lanes were haven't seen oil in what 20 years now, and I still used my comments there despite having burn marks all over them. Yep. But I think for me, with a dry house like that, I learned to move my mark where I was, uh, I moved my mark left because I knew with my backup, uh, if I didn't, I was going to be plowing probably right deuces like I was in Red Deer on this weekend. <laughs>
0: He also yeah, made imagine- a ball change there, and all of a sudden it worked. So yeah, yeah. ball
3: change, smart. Yeah, imagine
2: if, it was, <laughs> imagine if uh, Red Deer was dry there.
3: Oh, what would I have <laughs> halfway down the lane. <laughs> yeah, now,
4: Dex, so the one the one big thing that I made because uh, I, I I used the experience from last year's for for the, uh, the tour championship, and I had the exact same issue where balls are just just slipping out all the time and you, you almost feel like you're, you're trying to hold on to it and just almost push it out there right so the the biggest change that I've, I've made this year is that I, I grabbed one of those puff balls and uh, they, it just kind of just dries the hand out just a little bit and even with those star lines all of a sudden I, now I'm able to finish a shot so even from uh, from the open provincials where the balls were were still running dead straight the whole time, uh, I ended up moving a board inside there just to basically just try to hit the pocket on my same line. Uh, this weekend, uh, I was still playing my normal shot that I was playing at Sherwood last year with lots of break, but all of a sudden now you can finish a shot. Yeah. So if you are having issues with uh, you know balls slipping out and yeah, uh, especially at like a national event now uh where the humidity is always seems to be there and it's just a little bit warmer out there every sweating a little bit more uh try one of those puff balls and uh you'll probably be amazed with uh just how much more fingers do you, you can still finish a ball
1: yeah i think it's something i'm gonna i'm gonna try but i i, I want to try it beforehand i want to like you know use it on a relatively regular basis yeah
4: um it's just not something that i've ever really, really trusted um so. Well different difference is it's not like a rosin bag, right? So it doesn't create grip right And I think that's that's where the, the difference is right So this one here it almost dries up your hand essentially what it does. So it doesn't necessarily give you extra grip uh, but it, it doesn't it almost takes that oil and, and uh, moisture out of the, the shot. Whereas rosin, like, rosin actually just gives you that extra like grip grip right. Mm which yeah. to, to me is is useless, right? You start overthrowing shots. It, it, to me, it, it makes no sense. So like, this one here, it, yeah, I, it's almost like uh, having like sawdust on your hand, right? Mm. Where, where you know it's just going to dry everything up, but it's not giving you any extra grip.
2: All, all oh. I saw was that you had a baggie full of white powder. And that's, yep. <laughs>
4: that's all. <laughs> and,
2: you had, and you had to go back every ball for it.
4: Not, not illegal on tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no not, drug not, yet. not yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make your you way your balls, but they won't do a drug test. I see how that yep. works. <laughs> hey, <laughs> till, till the C
0: five makes a ruling on it, we won't.
2: Okay.
1: All right. Oh, it's. I'll, in there.
0: <laughs> I'll be retired by the time that happens.
4: Performance enhancing drugs. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hey. Yeah. Uh, might as well move on to our special guest questions. So Eric, um, first question, bowling mentor.
3: Uh, I had a few growing up. Um, obviously when I was young in YBC, uh, not to toot Carrie's horn, but he was the kid in YBC that was top notch in our, in Witasquin. So he was one of them that was, uh, I looked up to when I was young, I don't know if he ever remembered me when I was like five, six, seven, but he was the kid. I remember, uh, I think I was bowling on what was at the time one and two carry was on seven, eight, and he shot a 400 over there in YBC. And I remember watching that. I was like, that just blew my mind. I've never seen someone throw that well. So he was a big mentor growing up. If he knew it or not, uh, Mark Johnstone, I remember doing travel league with him going around on his team with him. I believe it was him, Quentin bolstad and uh i believe his brother eric bolstad or no er- eric alberg no, sorry bart bolstad No, nope. i don't i can't remember his name ryan, no, i know ryan alberg Ron. or evan it was evan alberg and then there was uh, i remember quinton for sure was on that team but yeah mark was one of them i remember getting to juniors um one of the four steps was in Watasquin for zones uh gino was there and uh when i won zones in Watasquin and he came by to me afterwards, and he sp- spoke crazy to how I was throwing my shot. To have someone that everyone talked about in Wasaskin in the adult leagues. Um, and then when I got into the uh, into the adult leagues when I was about 14, there was a couple local bowlers that um, I always loved to talk with. Uh, I don't know if Carrie remembers him, uh, Archie Larson. Yeah, yeah, him. Uh, just people like that uh obviously my mom was the one that pushed me so she was always one I w- was watching when I was growing up and wanting to be try and be steady like her obviously that never came out from me being steady and calm on the lanes <laughs> but yeah it was a lot of the local bowlers for me um obviously uh another two were my two coaches Sandy Anderson and uh Gallagher Gallagher when I was quite young I remember doing the Uh, all the practices with him, um, doing Mark 10. And then when I got older, when Gallagher went to Stetler, Sandy was doing it, and she really instilled the competitive side in me, wanting to not view bowling as, oh, it's something you can do on a Monday. It's I want to be as best as I can at this sport. Awesome.
0: Very good. Well, thank you very much for adding me to that list. And I do remember (laughs) you. Because I remember playing in a travel league with you. And I think I might have coached one of your teams when I was out of YBC.
3: I believe so, yeah. I remember you coached uh, one of the YBC for one year, I believe. Yeah. You were coach on my league.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, not
0: uh not No, I old. believe I was <laughs>
3: you know, I was late junior, early senior when <laughs> oh, Kerry coached okay.
0: it. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, your favorite tournament?
3: Oh... Uh that's a tough one um for me honestly uh i'm probably uh one of the few but my favorite that i look forward to every year is the open provincials getting to bowl with uh everyone out of central on the team uh, and then getting to compete against um everyone from across the province i we've all made friends from every single zone we know each other so well it's just the best weekend I can imagine getting out there and bowling with everyone is obviously not every year. You're not going to win, but and well, maybe if you're Adam, you always win singles over Tim, but <laughs> <you> <laughs> never know.
1: <laughs> but
3: yeah, that one's obviously one of my favorites. Um, oh, wow. The Regina classic always feels like a little mini vacation. It probably helps that I've uh, always done well there. I've made uh, four of the last five cuts there. Um, Honestly, all the tour events right now, they all feel like a favorite. It's hard to pick any one of them as a favorite. Obviously, TPC is special in my heart where first perfect game, despite me never making a cut at that tournament, (laughs) not once in, I think, eight years I've made a cut there.
2: And But but you've made more money than a lot of people have. So. <laughs>
3: that's exactly true. So. Yeah.
4: I still remember being in Consolation with you. Or you you were available for Consolation, and you looked at me and says, ah, that's all right, I think I've made enough. You guys can have the rest. <laughs>
3: that's exactly <laughs> as, as we like, go
4: play Consolation, we
0: didn't even play it. No.
3: <laughs> I'll give someone else a chance, I guess.
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, so your toughest
3: match. Uh, Toughest match Um, There's I've had a couple really tough ones Obviously Adam uh, That was incredibly tough In Regina trying to Beat him Like I said in my interview For um, uh, the magazine uh, Just knowing that Okay if I have to lose to someone Adam is perfectly okay For me to lose to Just from how on top of his game He's been over last however many years um, I've know I've had a couple of tough matches against Kerry uh, in Bonnie Uh one particular one I remember was my first year there I just moved over to my new line throwing up the right and I think uh, me Carry shot 360 to a 350 um, another tough one was actually my dad in Watasquin mm-hmm. uh, we both I think he started uh, strike spare and then he ran a six baker and i was running a five baker right with him and it um, ended up being 369 to 359 um oh. yeah in with when that's the house that i remember everyone that left it was always like how do you th- still average decent there and it's like oh, i don't know obviously i can't <laughs> couldn't average anywhere else at that time but there's a couple more like that here and there but those are the couple that really still stick out to me for sure. Um,
0: so what's in your arsenal? What shoes are you using? What bowling balls?
3: Uh, I have the SSTs uh, I got when I was 16. I've been using them since. Uh, I do have a second pair of shoes uh, of Storms that I bought about three years ago. for. I was using them mostly in Bonnie Dune, uh, just because at that time with um, my slide-on, uh, on my SST, it was too fast for me to go to that. Uh, the Storm shoe what helped me stay slow. And then for bowling balls right now, uh, I obviously have the tan and white Paramounts. Uh, I got them when I, was, I think I was 13. So uh, I can't remember their size or weight anymore. I have a green, purple and white uh, Paramount. I have the purple and orange Comet. I have the as Victor uh so turned them was my puke uh star lines that I just bought. <laughs> it looked like puke going down the lane according to Victor. I'm like, "Well, it looked like puke, but it was scoring in Red Deer obviously." So
1: you you custom ordered those,
3: right? Uh no, uh 2 weeks before the uh end of league uh, I bought them just off the wall in uh Sorry. Red Deer. Okay. Yeah. He must he, he must have
1: got like a limited run of them. Like, because that that that's a color scheme that's never existed. So, um, you can custom order some bowling balls, but uh, um, yeah, that's that's a color scheme I've never seen. it. It's never been listed every anywhere. <laughs> so uh, that's that's neat.
3: Yeah, I saw them on the wall. I I uh, thought about it for half the la- one of the nights of the league. I talked with Gino. He gave his opinion on them. I'm like, well, I've been struggling so hard in Red Deer the last couple of weeks. I may as well as try them. Uh, I think I threw one night a league with them, threw okay, threw a 392 in a practice with them uh, for the Open. And then when, uh, obviously, I got to the traditional, I threw quite well with them. So.
1: How many two pins have you picked with them?
3: Uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> the Gallagher Cup. Uh,
0: and what's on your bucket list, Eric? What's uh, the one thing if you're only to win one one event let? What would it be?
3: Uh, that one's pretty tough for me. Obviously, I've accomplished far more than I thought I would by my age with what I've done. But I still would like to make a singles nationals, either Masters or the Open. Uh, if I had to pick one, I, um, I believe I'd have to go with the nationals, just as I feel like that one would be tougher to make to just how deep our talent pool is. when we bowl masters masters yeah yeah just how tough it is to make it there like i remember the one year i made the team going into the last set i know it was down to me and tim basically to make it there and i i was so incredibly nervous i felt like do i want to make my first nationals as a single or do i just want to go as a team obviously i couldn't just throw for try and make the team i wanted to make that single because you never know might be a geno and never make that singles yeah on the master side so i think the masters for me would still be the number one bucket list
2: the the sixth event was a toppler and uh
3: yeah it's
2: it, it's tough trying to trying to get your points not so much your pin total but your points because we already had the pin total locked and it was just okay well we're trying to go up the ladder but it was, just so bad there. Yes. Somebody shoots the two fifty, they're moving up. Somebody shooting like a one seventy, only dropping one, right? It was just weird. It was just a weird event.
3: Yeah, I knew I had to be a little more sharp going into those last two, just because I believe you had yeah. the better, uh, the lower tournament to work off of. Yeah. So I knew I needed to place high in either uh, Paradise or Topler. I I knew I think I improved one spot in Paradise, but Topler ended up being Topler. <laughs> that's all you can really say about it.
4: Yeah, Albertans will know.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome, that's good. Um, so I know Adam usually brings this up, but what do you? How do you feel? Um, the sport the direction is going in. What would What would you do to improve the sport as it's going right now?
3: Uh, for starters, I think the WCBT has made this sport so much more competitive just looking back four or five years looking at the cut lines back then is like i remember red deer used to be 1970 for a cut line i remember uh calgary being with the 40s was like a 1950 and now every tournament seems to be you have to be over 2100 easily just to have a sniff at making it unless you're regina or now what tpc was last year but hard to say what tpc will do this year with the new lanes 2030 yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i I just felt like the tour just added that extra level to what people are there for where they get that little bit more competitive where i want to make that tour championship i want to go bowl on camera so i think the tour has made our sport so much more competitive than what it used to be at least when I got into the scene. Um, make it better. Um, it's it's hard to say with everything you've done so far. It'd be nice to see the smaller centers get in on this a little bit. Maybe with like where tennis, where you have the four masters, where it'd be nice to have those, the lesser tournaments where you could earn a little bit of points. Obviously not. Giant, a lot of points you could get out of it. But if you go and you have like at least 10 people off the tour that go and throw there, and if they have to at least win it, not be the top tour or if that could be implemented with like uh, Heartland Bowl, uh, Vegreville, even if Rocky or any other little house across Alberta, Saskatchewan, even Manitoba or into BC, if they could get in on that, that'd be just to top on to what you have already uh, started.
0: Yeah. uh, It's kind of funny that you brought that up. That's been a topic for the last couple of years is you have these four majors and then you have whatever a set amount of ATP 250s or whatever they are Mm -hmm. to fill the season with. And then you use your best so many of those and your four majors and that becomes your tour points for the tour finals at the end of the year it's yeah. definitely been a discussion it's um just coming up with a system where you can get the proprietors on board and where you can get your out of province players like your bc players your Saskatchewan players your manitoba players to have enough of those small tournaments that makes it worthwhile for them to come out to the majors even though we've created a system where they're probably going to come out anyways would that help benefit would it make it better for them to come out i, I mm-hmm. don't know yeah
1: I, I think I, uh, they were just like trying to piggyback off of tournaments that already exist for it, right? And then, and then that just gives them incentive to try to come out to the other WCBT events because maybe they did well in the small tournament, gained some points, and decided to, you know, okay, well let's go to a main event. You know, they also yeah. probably want a little bit of money so they can afford yeah. To do
3: it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think it would also in the long run probably help some of the smaller centers with these tournaments because you might get an extra five, ten bowlers going out to them. Yeah, where you yeah. might get some of the people from Edmonton, Sherwood Park, uh, going out uh, to Vakerville. Uh some of the southern uh, people out of Calgary, if they, or there was one running like Medicine Hat or any of the smaller houses around there. Uh, if you get yeah. those couple more bowlers, that's just more people in their house. So
1: Yeah, we might see that the smaller centers actually start pushing the WCBT a little bit more because of their involvement. That being said, I mean I think our I think our social media presence is pretty decent for the most part, being like all four events or the WCBT. Be, Between the four five yeah. you know, entities, it seems to be constant state of mind. Yeah. It'd be kind of I,
0: neat to have like a, you have those tour points for those small events and then the winner gets a spot at the next major, wherever it may be. They would have a, a free entry into that or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Or, or that's built into their prize fund somehow. So yeah, somehow some
0: way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, the reason why
2: honest, i honest, I've never played Vagerville. Apparently I'm playing Stetler this year because, uh, I, I got told. So, <laughs> Thanks Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I don't play these other events cause well, first of all works. We have pretty heavy workload over the year, but, uh, we, we play three master weekends. We play, let's say two open weekends, You play four tour ones, right? So you're already looking at nine big weekends already, right? And then, and then you didn't, if you make nationals are in there and the tour finals are in there. So you're looking 13 weekends and 52 right already, right? I just, I'm, I am not that enthusiastic of a bowler to play every event like that. But I'll be honest with you, but I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It, it could very well be a growth of the event uh, and growth of bowling. Uh, I know Graham Prairie Gerald Hafner, one of the new providers up there, has already talked to us, and he's going to run TPC satellites for us. He said, my bowler, he need to go out of, the, of our center, and we got to do something. So how do you want me to do it? I was like, anyway you want to collect 200 bucks, <laughs> that's <laughs> up to you. And he's like, all right, I, I can make some lines off it. It's like whatever you want. So he's going to make some lines off it. His bowlers are going to be happy. And maybe that's something where, like, back in the day, I've always thought back in the day, you know, um, not maybe not with the tour thing, but you had the TSN where you could just buy into the main event, show up, have, register, do that, and then, or you could qualify in your center, right? And maybe, maybe down the road, if there were some proprietors, I don't think everyone would be involved, but maybe that could be an option as well.
0: Well, I think it'd be easier to get sponsors if you had four majors and then you had. 15 smaller tournaments you could show a sponsor like this is how many weekends yeah we have tournaments going on like Mm. this is how much exposure there is like it it would be a lot easier to grab sponsorship that way if you can prove the the audience level right
4: yeah yeah And sorry i'm I'm, I'm real similar to tim as well right like it's i I love the concept i I don't i'm not necessarily sure at least probably in the the infancy of it that that maybe you know wcbt points would be allocated type thing uh let's face facts, guys like we're, we're not pros like we we have other jobs we have families there's there's only so many weekends that you can devote to bowling and like i said you know there, there's you know 14 or 16 weekends that we've already kind of devoted to to tournaments already um Plus, you know, the vacation time, like at some point we need vacation from our real jobs, right? So it's, um, I, I love the concept of, yeah, maybe build building a, 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 you know, a, an entry into TPC or an entry into, you know, the autumn, anything like that as part of it. And you, we, we can definitely build the WCBT kind of cross partnerships in, in that side, I, I don't see that the especially at least just having just our tour in the west i'd say if we had a tour in the east at the same time and they had access to getting points allocated on that side of it as well at least it gives you know the ontario players that are coming over at least a fair shot at those points right yeah
3: yeah and i think also it would help because like obviously with us uh, being, uh, like being close to Robert, we try and support his tournaments in Heartland Bowl as much as we can. But the uh, last eight years, probably I've been uh, going to his pins game that he has, which obviously I thought helped me uh, prepare a little bit more mentally for the tour championship. Cause I have bowled a pins game every year for the last five, six years now that he's run it. And then for his uh, tournament, he has in March was as uh, a uh, scratch handicap, no tap. Uh, the YBCers out of these small houses see someone like me come out and throw and they're like, oh, that guy's really good. I kind of want to watch him because I remember bowling a young girl out of Stetler in the pins game that was there in November. And I came close to losing to her because that's how a pins game goes. But she was incredibly nervous bowling someone like me just because everyone hyped me up. Oh, this is Eric. You're it's Eric you it will be tough to beat him and then she's up 5-2 on me and I'm I almost knocked out in the first round of it and I came back and beat her and she was upset but I ended up pulling her aside talking to her like you can't be upset you just you almost took out someone that is at the top of the game right now so it's it creates awareness more than what you a lot of people will realize just cuz these smaller tournaments in these smaller houses don't get those high scores usually
4: yeah i i think what you might see is you you might see a lot of uh call them like local pros uh supporting that region a a little bit more yeah uh like i i try to get out to to everything that uh that sherwood does because it's local it's a sunday morning it's two three hours i can still spend the rest of time with family do all that stuff right but for me to drive to Veggerville or me to drive to Stettler and um you know, to, to, to spend that extra time, I'm taking a, a weekend away, essentially, from my family time on top of everything else, right? So it's trying to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. or, or I totally would. Like, I, I'd love yeah. to go, you know, support, support Heartland as, as much as I could, or, you know, the Vagerville, or even up to GP now. Like, i I'd go support Gerald as well, right? It's, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's tough because there has to be a financial side of it as well, on top of um of that that quality time with uh with your loved ones, right? It's yeah. it's it's a real tough balance. I, I, um yeah,
0: I hate to say it too, and you you're not going to get that financial stability till there's big sponsors involved. Yep, so somebody you know. somebody has to bite the bullet and I think there's quite a few people that have committed to playing all four majors and playing the Vegas playing the Heartland Bulls hopefully there's enough there that eventually it'll catch on and the sponsorships will start coming in. It it's just, you have to keep pushing till it happens it, or, or it folds. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Adam said, you, you, you definitely have to find a balance, but there has to be some sacrifice too. Mm-hmm. But.
2: Yeah. I, the reason why I don't play Beggarville and I'll be honest with you, is nothing to do with the event. Since social media's come on, some of their events are, are packed. I just don't want to play a 12 game shift with six on a lane, manual scoring, and it took them 15 hours to get through. I, uh, I am I'm already crabby after game three. I, I don't need to be there for 12 games. To run <laughs> experience.
4: <laughs> and, and and honestly, there there's another side that that you know I, I try to stay away from some of those you know smaller local tournaments as well. Is um, it, and I kind of correlate it with league, right? You you don't want to be the the one two sixty guy in a league where your next high average two ten yeah right. to and, and then you go in you're you're starting to steal money out of their pockets and it, it, to yeah. me it's it's just not right right so it's uh, there, there's a difference eventually though.
0: you kill a tournament I think there's a difference though if you're out there just to steal their money then yes there there's a problem there but if you're sure. there to help promote it and talk to the locals and let them know about what's going on outside their local center then then it's worth something right yeah Yeah. i agree because there there has been people that jump tournament tournament just to take the money and and good on them they're making money they're doing their thing but they're if they're not helping trying to promote it's uh it's a pretty big slap in the face to the proprietors that put this tournament on right Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
0: and there's
4: no point to go play handicap tournament with our averages, no, right? So, so if it's a, a scratch handicap and basically I'm giving away half my entry fee, then what? Uh, well,
0: a lot of those scratch handicaps, you only can win on one side, so you're actually only paying into the side that you're winning, right? Like Robert mm-hmm. does it, you can win both, but okay. you have to play twice. Same, same,
2: yeah. The the twenty gamer, same thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So they they've separated because i totally agree with that issue adam like you would pay into both sides but you only can win one you're giving half of your money away so they kind of split it up they guarantee a a certain for first place and then they put your money towards the portion that you're winning
4: okay
0: yeah if you look at it that way yeah mm-hmm. um i think that's good guys it was a long one i like it thanks eric <laughs> for coming on
3: yeah you're
0: um awesome. Obviously, Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with the upcoming season. As everybody will know, you'll get to see the episodes hopefully in mid September from the Tour Championship. Uh, it was pretty exciting. There were some really good matches. A lot of them came down to the tenth frame, which was exciting. Yes. Yeah.
4: All hey, right. and we didn't mention you
0: know who. <laughs> and we will not mention him. <laughs> we we, we <laughs> got <Definitely>. through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great night. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Eric. Thank you.